Let's, let's pray together. Father, we just prayed through song that you would show us Christ. And we continue to pray that this morning, that you would indeed show us Christ, because Christ is our hope. And we pray that, indeed, may he be our hope every day, with every hour, with every moment you give us, O Lord. How inadequate we are, and, and how inadequate I know I feel, and I would imagine the rest of my brothers and sisters in Christ feel also that we are inadequate, we are insufficient, we are sinners, but Christ is the Savior for sinners, and we come in thanks for Christ, and we just say he is our hope. Jesus, you are our hope, and so we pray that you would help us this morning, help us to see our whole need is him, is Jesus. And so help us as we turn to your word. May you help us to hear it. May you help us to receive it. May you help us to do it. And so help us, Lord, as we engage with these things, that even as we heard from Ephesians, we may put on the full armor of God, being ready for battle. As those who look to the Lord and are strong in the strength of your might. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. If you would, go ahead and turn in your copy of God's Word to the letter to the Galatians. And so we've been walking through Galatians over this, however long we've been walking through it now, a few months or so. And so we're going to continue walking through it today with Galatians chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. C.S. Lewis, who you'll know as the author of Chronicles of Narnia, he once wisely wrote these words. There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors. In hell, a materialist or a magician with the same delight. And then he adds to his preface to the screw tape letters, readers are advised to remember that the devil is a liar. Well, as we return to Galatians this morning, Paul would have us not be fooled as well. The materialist, so wondering what in the world or who in the world is that, well, generally, a materialist is someone who believes everything is material, all stuff, there is no God, there is no supernatural. Love is just a chemical reaction. Well, let me say that the materialist is wrong. There is a God, and He has spoken, and He has indeed acted. 
And those, as C.S. Lewis said, with an excessive and unhealthy interest in devils, they need to realize and take to heart the words of the hymn that we just heard a moment ago and we even sang a moment ago. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear. For God has willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. And so as we come to these verses in Galatians 4, 8 through 11, let's not fall for either error here and let us take up and take hold of God's word firmly this morning. Let's no longer go about as those as though we are slaves to the elemental principles of this world, but instead as Paul will exhort us to in these verses, let us live as those who are free. Not free through America, not free through something else, but free in Christ. And so let's read here then, beginning then with Galatians 4, verse 1. Galatians 4, verse 1. And so may God bless the reading of this true and an errant word. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father in the same way. We also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Verse 8, formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back to the weak and worthless principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain. As we read these words from Paul, you cannot but help and see his zeal. And not just kind of a general zeal, but a zeal for the Galatians. And his zeal for the Galatians, his love for the Galatians, and that they would not like depart from Christ and not depart from the gospel has not abated. He loves these brothers and sisters in the Lord. And so he is pleading with them. 
And so as we go deeper into chapter 4 here, he is earnest that they would not be drawn into anything contrary to the gospel. Because there is no other gospel. There is only one gospel. There is only one gospel where, there is, where life is found, where hope is found, where salvation is found. And that gospel is through Jesus Christ. That's the good news. Amen. He came and died for sinners to save us. However, the Galatians have turned to another gospel and Paul, he is exhorting them and he's even imploring them that they would not be taken in by this gospel any longer. And we have heard him implore the Galatians with great earnest, haven't we? As we have walked through this letter, he has pleaded and just even said, how could you go to any other gospel? There is no other gospel. Galatians 1. And so in turning to a false gospel, they are not turning to true, authentic worship but are essentially returning to their former paganism. And that's Paul's broad point here in verses 8 through 11. They are turning to worldly worship. And so here Paul, he identifies the sad truth behind the world's worship. The sad truth behind the world's worship. And we see this tie then to their former paganism, to the Galatians' former paganism, and to their former way of life there in verse 8. Right out of the gates here in verse 8. And so he talks about when they did not know God, before they knew Christ and before they were saved. Now, I'm sure if you as well, in just hearing that, you can reflect on your own days before you came to faith in Christ as well, before formerly before you knew God. You know, I remember, most certainly remember those days myself. And I remember them well. You know, and, and I won't lie, I thought I thought I was living it up, you know. Thought I was getting those things that were most pleasurable. I loved my sin. And I hated my sin. <laughs> Both. I know I, guilt for me abounded, and I had no idea why. Why I felt this kind of empty, meaningless, from one thing to the next, going to this and going to that, drinking alcohol, going to parties, playing video games, watching movies, hanging out with friends, trying to be cool, whatever it is and whatever it was, all this stuff simply left me empty. And not just empty, but I went around with a sense and even a atmosphere within me of just darkness. And I didn't really care. I didn't know what that was about, but I didn't really care that that was happening, except for the grief it gave me. And I certainly could care less about God. So here I am. (laughs) By the grace of God, that that's no longer the case. 
Well, Paul tells us what stood behind those former days for me and for you. He tells us what that was when we did not know God. And he tells us what presently stands behind the world's worship. And the first thing that he kind of points out here that is standing behind the world's worship is he says that it is demonic. It's demonic. He says there in verse 8, we were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. And then he says in verse 9, these were weak and worthless elementary principles of the world. And so what in the world is Paul talking about here? Well, the first, the word there for elementary principles of the world, it simply means like a literal translation is elementor, elemental spirits. Which as we kind of back away and we look at our Bibles, it can mean a number of things. That's why you have of the world here, even though that word's not in the Greek, like that word, the word world, even though that's not the case, it's not, a, not inappropriate that it was translated that way. But generally, this is saying that these are like a being was behind this or beings were behind this, elemental spirits. And so taking both verse 8 and verse 9 together, we see that he is talking then about the spiritual forces of evil, like Mike read from Ephesians a moment ago. So demonic forces. You were enslaved to those that are by nature, that by nature are not gods. And so those that by nature are not gods, these are demons. Or if you have a picture in your mind of kind of the way that movies paint demons, you know, with this kind of scary, kind of monstrous look, well, that is not the way demons look. They are fallen angels. They would be incredibly beautiful. In fact, if you witness them, they would probably be incredibly beautiful and incredibly powerful looking. Like, do not be afraid, right? <laughs> again and again you hear when an angel appears to someone in the Bible. Like Mary, that's right. <laughs> well, behind the world's worship are demons. And so we don't just see that here in Galatians, but we see that elsewhere as well. So in Deuteronomy thirty-two seventeen, it says of Israel's false worship of false gods it says they sacrificed to demons that were no gods to gods they had never known to new gods that had come recently whom your fathers had never dreaded and then again in psalm 106 37 through 38 it kind of expounds on this even more uh, about their false worship it says they sacrificed their sons and daughters to the demons they poured out Innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. So we see it there and we see it also later or later after those passages in 1 Corinthians. So Paul, he speaks of this again in 1 Corinthians 10, 19 through 20. He says, what do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything? Or that an idol is anything? 
No, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. And so behind the world's worship of science, of materialism, of religion, is demons. Now don't hear me here that I'm saying science is bad. But they have lifted science to the authority of God's word. And we find truth through God's word. It is to be the ultimate standard and authority over every single area of life in the world. So behind all of these things that going on in the world, as you look out behind them, is behind all of these things are demons. And I'm not just like, like pointing out things that aren't there. We just heard that. And we hear that here in Galatians. And so we see then behind the world's worship is this demonic force. And then second, Paul, he says of this that it's strategic slavery. Worldly worship is strategic slavery. So sin, Satan, and the world, what they offer you, they don't offer you freedom. They offer you slavery. They don't offer you salvation. And so he says, you were enslaved to these And the Galatians, they're acting like they want to be enslaved by these things again. Verse 9. And that is the strategy and the intent of the demonic forces. They want the world, they want you, and they want all of us to be kept enslaved in our sin. They want us to die in the end, separated from God, blinded with no salvation. So listen to these words from Paul in 2 Timothy. So 2 Timothy 2, 24-26. And just listen to the description of those who don't believe what, what Paul says is going on with them. And so Paul, he urges Timothy here. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents, with gentleness. And this is a complete aside, but that, should, that phrase right there, correcting his opponents with gentleness, should cause us great pause in our day, believers. How we respond to others. On Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, letters, whatever. In the workplace, vaccination, non-vaccination. Whatever it be. Side note there. And so correcting his opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. And that is the whole world. Everyone who does not know Jesus Christ, that's where they are. They are fulfilling and living under the devil and seeking to do his will and they have no idea that's what they're doing. And that's slavery. That is what the world offers you. 
And that's what its materialism and that's what its empty spiritualities offer you, no matter how shiny they look. So a woman in Pakistan, after coming to faith in Christ, she you know, became evangelist, but she, in reflecting upon that time before she came to faith, she says this or said this, if you were born in a mature, instructed Christian home, you cannot imagine the terror in which I lived as a girl. I was afraid of the priests, the landlords, the moneylenders, kidnappers, wild people, robbers, and most of all, the evil spirits, devils, and angry gods and goddesses. And this is what the nations are offering. Well, the Galatians here are being drawn in. They're being tempted to abandon freedom for slavery. So you get why Paul is a little bit urgent here. (laughs) He is imploring them because he loves these people. And he's saying, no, 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 don't go there. There is no hope there. Remember what that was like. And so how should we respond to this? Well, first, we need to see the world for what it is. We need to see the world for what it is. And so 1 John 5, 19, it says this, We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Now, that does not mean God is not in control. It does not mean God is not sovereign. As I've heard others say, you know, the devil is God's devil, as in he's on a leash. But the world lies in the power of the evil one. So Richard Loveless, he was a late, he passed on in 2021. He was a Christian scholar of spiritual renewal and revival. And he wrote this. Although part of the church pays lip service to the reality of sin and worldliness and even demonic agents, it seems to me that much of the church's warfare today is fought by blindfolded soldiers who cannot see the forces ranged against them, who are buffeted by invisible opponents and respond by striking one another. Well, friends, as we hear these words of God from Galatians, we are not to go about blind any longer. Satan is on a mission to deceive, to entangle. And when I say that, he's on a mission to entangle and to deceive you and me and our church and our churches. He's on a mission to suggest very kindly, something that will destroy you and your family. He's on a mission to tempt you, to divide, and to make you spiritual slaves. And Paul is saying to the Galatians and to us, do not listen. 
do not go there. Do not turn back to all of that slavery. Instead, may we be those who live and breathe and stand upon God's true Word, we would walk by faith in the true Savior, the one who has given us freedom and through Christ is freedom. And we put on the full armor of God and fight the good fight of the faith. Not doing this to each other. Fighting by putting on the armor of God or taking up the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. Lord, help us. And so first we need to see then responding to this, the world, and see it is what it is. And then second, see that you are on a rescue mission, church. You are on a rescue mission. Those around us are desperately lost. They are not okay. (laughs) They are not okay. Anyone and everyone who does not know Christ, their life may be all these things. They may have a big house. They may have a lot of money. Everything may be just going just fine. They may not be sick. They may not have all these things. There's trouble or suffering, but they are not okay. They need Jesus Christ. And so when you see someone who does not know the Lord, they are in chains, they are slaves, and they are in the snares of sin and the devil. Do not be deceived. And they are condemned. And so we need to go. You and I, we have been called by God and given the great commission to go and tell them the good news that the Savior has come and He has come to set them free. You don't want that slavery. You want life and forgiveness and freedom in Jesus Christ. And you can have that now through faith in Him. And so if you're here and you don't know Christ, I implore you to turn away from the lies of the devil and sin and whatever else, and turn to the truth of the Savior, Jesus Christ, and put your faith wholly in Him. And He will save you. And you'll be His forever. And so Paul, he provides these sobering words in verses 8 through 9, and then he continues here in verses 10 through 11 with a surprising form of demonic bondage. So, so far, I think that we're pretty much tracking with Paul here. Turning away from Christ is turning back to the world and it's turning to slavery. It's turning to sin. It's turning to the demonic. But here, in these verses, verse 10 and 11, he surprises us. He says that the Galatians, they are doing this and they are turning back to these things not only by going back to their former paganism, but they're doing this by turning to the law. Is that surprising? (laughs) Let that sink in for a minute. And so we see this in verse 10. You observe days and months and seasons and years. 
And so he's, what he's talking about there is he's saying the Old Testament, the law, and he's talking about the Old Testament feasts, the Old, Fest, Old Testament days, and the Sabbath. Is that not surprising? Is that incredible? And he's saying if they turn back to that, they are turning back to paganism. And they are turning to the demonic. Do you see why? It's like, whoa, Paul, that, that is a big statement. So why in the world would he say this? Well, he's not saying that what God gave in the Old Testament is demonic. So don't, don't hear him say that. He's not saying that at all. God gave the Old Testament. He gave the law. And it is good. But he's saying that because Christ has come, if you turn back to those things, it is demonic because Christ is enough. Those things cannot save. Christ is the Savior. God, He gave all those things in the Old Testament. Feasts, sacrifices, offerings, days, Sabbath, all these things. Not for you to go and like try to do them all and save yourself. But He did all that to point to Christ. And so if you go back to those things and don't look to Christ, you're not going back to God. That's what Paul's saying. Those things were the shadow and Christ is the substance. And this is exactly what Paul, he says in Colossians chapter 2. He says there in Colossians 2, 16 through 17, he says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath because there are these guys saying you need to do all these things in order to be a really spiritual person. So don't, Anyone pass judgment? These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Amen. All of them pointing to Him. So He's saying you cannot go back to those. You don't need to be celebrating them because Christ is the one who fulfills all this stuff. And so Paul is saying. If you do that, if you do this, you forsake Christ. And he will have labored in vain. So if they continue on this road, they will have abandoned Christ, proving that they never knew him in the first place. Because those who Christ saves, they don't lose their salvation, and they cannot lose their salvation. God, what what does Jesus say in John? No one will snatch them out of my hand. No one will snatch them out of my Father's hand. Praise the Lord. And so if they abandon Jesus, it only proves they never knew him. And that's why this labor would be in vain for Paul. And he's pleading with them. And so he's giving them this warning. It's a warning. It's a warning for you. It's an exhortation. And it's a call to take account of ourselves. We are to beware of these. To beware of these. 
we are to rest in the truth that in Christ we know God. Or rather, as Paul says here, he knows us. (laughs) We didn't and we can't do anything to save ourselves. He chose us, saved us, redeemed us. We need Christ. So beware of replacing Christ or adding anything in addition to Christ. I believe that one major God of our day that we don't necessarily think of is the God of comfort and the God of ease, the God of the self. It's what keeps us from serving. It's what keeps us from laboring. It's what keeps us from risking everything for the gospel. It's what keeps us from sharing Jesus Christ. It's what keeps us from telling people about Christ and making disciples. It's what keeps us off the mission field. It's what keeps us from perhaps a call to be a pastor or to disciple your family or on it goes. We don't serve others. We're self-serving. We don't seek to advance others because we're self-advancing. So easy. Well, friends, self is not the God that we are called to serve. We were called to get up and follow him. No, like, there's no, like, uh, like, like, what am I trying to say? Just, there's no like category. You're not saying like, okay, well, if this happens, then I'll do that. It's just follow me and you get up and you follow Jesus. That's what you're called to do. And so this is a call then here to return and to ask ourselves, to ask yourself, are you living ultimately like it all depends on you? Are you looking to some God that, you've been lied to about that is only driving you and directing you to slavery. Paul, he is saying, Galatians, do not go back. There is no hope there. There is no life there. There is no salvation there. Return to him. Return to the true gospel. And so as you hear this this morning, don't run. Don't Hide from these things. Don't cover it up and say, oh yeah, I'm doing that, but it's just fine. Let's not do that. Just admit it. Admit it. We may well sin and even sin in great ways as believers in Jesus Christ. What makes us, what makes even the Galatians here different is that you repent. You repent. God, he is calling you to turn back. He's calling us to repent. So don't turn back to the empty, dark, lifeless, hopeless house of slavery. Remember God's grace, believers. Remember Christ. Remember what God has done for you. Remember the life and peace and rest that are found not here, but in Him. Don't be fooled. The devil is a liar 
freedom, life, peace, forgiveness, love, and salvation are found in Christ. So don't be fooled. If you know Christ, realize this. You have been set free in Christ. So live as those freed by the Savior. Let's pray together. Father, we come as we consider these words from Galatians, your words, not mine. And so we come and receive them. I pray that we would believe them, that we would consider them, we would recognize that Throughout the world, these are. this is exactly what is going on. This is exactly what is going on with those around us. So help us to arise and fight the good fight of the faith. Put the full armor of God on and go out and tell people about the good news. If you're, Lord, if you're showing us some area in any one of our lives that we need to repent of, may we do that this morning. If anyone here doesn't know Christ, this morning they can have life in him. So if that's you, come to me afterwards. Come forward and you can come at this altar and pray. Or if the Lord's dealing with you in some other way, you know, just respond this morning to his word. And so help us, Lord, as we sing and respond. Help us to see Jesus paid it all, and through him is life and freedom and peace. In Jesus' name, amen.